What's up, Tan and J-Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tan and J-Man Show. And on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh, the J-Man Monk, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. While you're at it, on whatever platform you're listening on, please hit that subscribe button. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. If you're interested in watching our show, our show is recorded live every Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch that on the ISC Sports Network, on the free ISC Sports Network app, on the ISC Sports Network Facebook page, and their Twitter page. While you're at it, on the social media channels, please give us a like on our Facebook page. Please give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram page, at Show. And if you want to support our podcast and look great doing so, we have a merchandise store. You can go to any of our social media pages, click the link, click Tan and J-Man Show store, and you'll find whatever you're looking for, short sleeve t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it, we got it. So thanks again for supporting the podcast. Now sit back, relax, and here comes another exciting brand new episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. It's Monday night. You know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Tan and J-Man Show, episode 246, if you're keeping count at home. I'm Tanner Lee, alongside my co-host, Josh the J-Man Munt. Josh, I meant to bring you a box of Kleenexes for the show. Oh, I need it. Yeah, it might be a rough one for you. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting over there. uh, I'm that guy, Josh. I'm the villain of the podcast. you're, um, You're happy in my misery, I can tell. You're... I am wallowing in misery, and Tanner's over there uh, just rubbing it in my face. Yes, um, but I do have a pod shirt underneath, safe to say. Nope. I mean, it's technically one, but... Yeah, uh, it is a podcast shirt underneath. You, you have hurt me. But uh, for those listening on audio and can't see, I'm wearing a your Yankees jersey and hat. Um, I've done that a couple times this year, but it was mean to me to do it tonight, but I am that guy. Uh, Josh You're just a expect, mean guy. Josh should expect nothing less. I ex- I expected you honestly to have a Rizzo shirt <laughs> here by now. It could, yeah, there's no way I could pull um, that off. But weird to see him in 48. Yeah, I don't like it. But he couldn't wear 44 because of Reggie Jackson. So. <laughs> Reggie Jackson. They've retired it, way too many numbers. That's there. exactly what I was going to say. When you go to the Yankees, you literally have an option like 10 numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like 88. Like yeah. 44 times yeah. 2. They're gonna they're gonna end up running out of numbers. Oh, it is, yeah, they, they're gonna have to stop. It's some of the guys they've retired. It's like why why yeah why most of them make sense, but some is like hmm. they retired Thurman Munson's number. Is he one of them? Yes, really. I mean, he was yeah, fifteen. Good. Yeah, the he one that the, died, the one that, was... that made me scratch was Bernie Williams fifty one. That kind of made me scratch yeah. my because I think he and Posada. It's almost like not a special thing anymore, right? You gotta it's gotta be like a special, right? Sort of. And, I mean, Bernie Williams had a great career, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. And, and a lot of those guys aren't in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Um, <laughs> end up running out of they numbers. Need, they need to make a new curriculum or requirements to get your yeah, number one retired the there in Monument Park. Requirements I don't know. I should, I should look that up. Yeah. I feel like they change it quite a bit. You want to uh, hear some birthday Boti? Yes, I'm nervous. I need, I need a birdie to get back ahead of the game here. Kevin Durant now has 354 points in his Olympic career. Mm-hmm. Which player has the most in an Olympic career? Interesting question. It's actually in USA men's basketball history. So Which started in '92. Yep. So um, okay. Birdie Bogies brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website noblenomellc.com. They are selling sweet corn. I know Tanner had some over the weekend, and he said it was uh, delicious. It was very delicious. I just I always forget how much I love sweet corn until I have sweet corn for the first time. Oh, it's so good, isn't during it? during the year? Yeah. You can't you can't eat one ear. No, it's a, it's a, almost impossible. It's a six ear kind yeah, of. It's uh, you be six ear. Wow, yeah. uh, kind of weekend. Put some butter on it, some salt, whatever you want to put on it. I mean, uh, I know my uncle's putting. He did like uh, uh, Indian corn, so he put. So what that means? He put like mayonnaise on it. Yeah. Paprika and uh, that sounds like some other stuff. Mexican street corn. Mexican. That's what I meant. Not Indian corn. Mexican street <laughs> corn. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Me- uh, Mexican street corn is one of my favorite delicacies. Really? Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Get Never a, seen you eat it. Get a big old bag from Costco. Never seen you eat it. I've, I've become a Costco guy. I'm super suburban. I'm a douche. Moving on. They do have sweet corn available, as I said. Uh, they were in Mentone last week. $6 for a dozen. Um, $25 for a bushel, which is five dozen. 
so get some sweet corn. They were also at the uh, Warsaw Farmers Market from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday where they had all sorts of fresh veggies as well as sweet corn. And you can get uh, veggies delivered straight to your door via Market Wagon. Market Find their Wagon, yep. Products on Market Wagon and get them delivered to your door. See their site for details and be sure to search Noble Gnome in their search bar to find all available produce. Get your veggies. Get your corn. And corn. They still doing flowers? I should know that, but I don't know off the top of my head. I'm assuming so, but I haven't seen really advertise it lately. Hmm. But just contact them if you have any questions if they're yep. flowers or not. Contact them on Facebook or Instagram we'll or their website. Out of my pocket. I've been fidgeting with that. I apologize. What do you want to start with tonight, Tito? Let's get right into it, J-Man. I feel like you have a lot you want to get off your chest regarding the trade deadline. I do. Specifically the Cubs. So I'm going to let you have the floor while I post this on the socials. So this was shaping up to be a really tough week. Um, last week was shaping up, I should say, to be a really tough week. And uh, it, ex- it exceeded expectations. Um, it was pretty emotional. You know, uh, That's a gutting. I mean, it, it was an absolute roster gutting. Jed Hoyer, their general manager, has said that he doesn't want to do a complete rebuild. It's just a retool. <laughs> but then he goes and guts the entire roster, and so we're looking at a rebuild now. Now, they're in a better spot now than they were, say, 2011, 2012. But still, you trade these, your core. You trade every single one of their, what I would call their core. Those three guys had been their core for years. Um, and it, it was It was tough. I mean, Cubs fans are having a real difficult time. Um, I was having a really difficult time. My phone was blowing up all day Friday. It really started with the Anthony Rizzo trade to the New York Yankees on Thursday. That was kind of the first time that um, I thought, man, maybe maybe Javi Baez isn't safe. You knew Chris Bryant had always been mentioned um, as a trade candidate, and we knew he'd likely be gone. But when Rizzo was trading, like, this is going to be different and more difficult than we thought. It was going to be. It was. It was just such a tough day. I mean, you saw that video. I don't know if you saw that video of Chris Bryant getting yep. the phone call, and he's breaking down in tears. These guys said they didn't want to leave Chicago, um, and yet, you know, in Jed Hoyer's defense, he had to get something for them. Um, they weren't going to be back next year, uh, likely. Um, and if they wanted to come back, this pretty much ends all. I was just going to ask you: Is there any hope any of them could come back? Um, I mean, there's always that hope. All three guys said they're very open to signing with the Cubs in the off season. Um, but I just, it, I've said it on the pod before. John Lester has said the moment he knew he was going to be okay and could play somewhere else besides the Boston Red Sox was when he was traded to the Oakland A's. And he actually said this week after Rizzo was traded that he um, told Riz that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. However, it very well could be yep. um, okay to be somewhere else. And, I mean, Riz is on fire. Uh, so far, he's five for nine with a couple homers. Um, Chris Bryant hit a homer in his debut yesterday. Javi Baez <laughs> hit a homer in his debut yep. on Friday. They're the first trio of former teammates that homer – in their uh, first game after getting traded from the same franchise. Um, it's, it's just it's crazy how that worked out. Good for them. I mean, I'm going to be rooting for them. Hope the Yankees don't make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> hope the Mets don't make the playoffs. <laughs> I'll agree but, with that. Um, I'll be rooting for the Giants the rest of the way. Um, it's, just, it's just been a complete failure by uh, the front office, by Tom Ricketts. Tom Ricketts is the guy that really – he's a major market – sports team owner that's acting like a small market owner. He uh it seems like he's only present when the team's doing well, but when he's uh when the team's not doing well, he always defers to the front office. Throws his front office under the bus. He says it's all well, it's all up to them. I have I have no say in it. Well, he's the one that sets the baseball budget um and he has refused to open the pocketbooks really since 2017, really since that U Darvish signing in 2017, they haven't done anything. They've had three straight off seasons where they have not spent any money at all. Um, Riz, uh, the Ricketts have turned Wrigleyville into Ricketsville, essentially. Um, he's put a bunch of money into that. He's donated to political party uh, candidates uh, more than he has invested into his own franchise. He is just, he's an absentee owner, 
who has made these just terrible decisions to not invest in his team. It's almost like they win a World Series, and he's like, what else do you want from me? We don't have to continue to do this. And then the front office takes the brunt of it. Now, um, what's not the Ricketts' fault is um, Theo Epstein and company's uh, inability to uh, develop pitching really set them back. They really probably the biggest thing that set them back was that Jason Hayward contract in 2016 gave him, I think it was 184 million. And um, that's turned into one of the worst contracts in the history of the franchise. He helped him with a speech in 2016. That's about all he contributed. uh, That game seven speech hasn't had a good year offensively since he's been there. He's been, he's a great clubhouse guy, but that's a lot of money (laughs) you're paying for a guy. That's just a really good guy and good clubhouse dude. He needs to go out and perform and he hasn't been able to do it. And um, they're continuing to pay him. And that's really set the baseball budget back. Uh, you see some other deals that Theo Epstein made that really hindered the franchise trading. Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease to the Chicago White Sox for Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana was great for that half season, his first year there. Just horrendous after that. Aloy Jimenez has turned into a great designated hitter. He should be designated hitter anyway. Um, great hitter with the White Sox. Dylan Cease is a solid member of a starting rotation. Um, they traded Glaber Torres. Um, in company to uh, the Yankees for Araldis Chapman. Now, that's one that you don't hear mentioned much because Araldis Chapman, I don't know if they win the World Series without him. I would say uh, they don't. I don't think they do either. So that's not one that you point to be like, man, that was a terrible trade. Cause it, it was a great trade, um, but trading those kind of guys uh, for a, a rental um, bullpen guy is tough. And um, it's, re- it's really, really hurt them. I mean, they got desperate. Um, in 16, they had to win that year, and then they got desperate in 17, and it hurt their um, hurt their farm system. And uh, they haven't drafted well recently. I mean, you see guys like Kyle Schwarber getting taken fourth overall. He struggled in his Cubs career. He had one really good year, and that was in 2019. Couldn't follow it up. Ian Happ has gotten worse every single year. Haven't drafted pitching whatsoever. Albert Almora in 2012 was their first first round pick. He's been an absolute bust. Um, he's a fourth outfield type where they had guys like Corey Seager on the board at that time. Um, they haven't drafted well, haven't made good offseason moves. Even you look at this offseason, Jed Hoyer's first offseason. They sign Jake Arietta to a one-year deal. Signed Trevor Williams to a one-year deal. Arietta's ERA is over six. Trevor Williams, who was in that Javi Bias trade, um, his ERA was over five. You see other guys who signed one-year deals this year, like Taiwan Walker was one. He signed with the New York Mets. He was an all-star this year. He had a. He currently has a 3.71 ERA. It was not a one-year deal. It was a two-year deal with a player option. Same difference. Um, he has 3.71 ERA. He was an all-star. Um, Anthony DiSclefani, I think he was a one-year guy. I could be way off on this with the San Francisco Giants. He has a 3.10 ERA. He, uh, yeah, he, he was a one-year free agent deal. Um, he has a 3.10 ERA with the San Francisco Giants. Kevin Gosman is another one that I think he signed a one-year deal with the San Francisco Giants as well. His, uh, yep, one-year one deal. It was worth $18.9 million. Sure, that's a lot of money. Uh, but he has a 2.35 ERA. I think he's one of the top pitchers in the National League and pitchers wins above replacement. Striking out 149 batters in 126 innings. Jed Hoyer failed to recognize the, this type of pitcher that was easily affordable, and he chose Trevor Williams, who has had one good year in his career, and it was five years ago. Jake Arrieta, he did it for maybe sentimental value or whatever, but he, um, he, he hasn't been good. It's a sentimental thing. Arietta hasn't been good at all. Um, it's just he's it's, – I don't know. Um, the failure starts with the front office. It's, uh, it starts with – um, Tom Ricketts and company. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, it is what it is at this point. Um, I mean, you look at those players and they were great, but you know, if they were great the past two years, they'd probably still be there. What's Jed's background? I'm not too familiar. So with him. Jed has, uh, I think he started in Boston's system under okay. Theo. And then Jed was the San Diego Padres. Um, I'm going to go look up his Wikipedia real quick. He was the San Diego Padres general manager. And um, and uh, Theo was obviously still in Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, in 2009, he was hired as San Diego Padres general manager. He actually traded Adrian Gonzalez for Anthony Rizzo. That was kind of his big deal. And then Theo hired Jed to be the Cubs general manager when Theo was obviously the president of baseball ops. Um, and then, of course, they just bumped Promote, yeah. bet, bumped Jed up to Theo's gotcha. spot, president gotcha. of baseball ops. He signed a five-year contract um, through 2021. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I haven't even heard of him, his contract. Any, I'm sure they gave him a new deal um, when he took over. Do you think any of these moves impact David Ross's future? I don't think so. I think I, I know they hired him because he's, you know, buddy, buddy with yeah. uh, with all these guys. And it hasn't worked. And that's not totally his fault. He hasn't had the great. I mean, he hasn't had a good pitching staff since he's been there the two years. I think they're going to give him. Man, next year could be rough depending on what they do in the offseason. I think they'll give him another year or two because I think they like the culture he's building. Um, they just they couldn't get it done this year. Say they don't make the playoffs the next two years, then uh, do you think it's cut? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's probably one of those situations where he's a he's a fan favorite just because of his playing days, um, and it'd be like a mutual parting of ways, kind of like Joe Madden was. Bad timing, um, kind of. Back too. Into, yeah, bad timing. It, it was one of those where, who knows, they might want to go into a, in a different direction yep. this year just because it was one of those. Maybe we can bring Ross in to get, like, the best for one more go-around with this core, and it, and it hasn't ended well. How do you fill the shoes of the man who brought a title back to Chicago? Exactly. I mean, um, good luck. And, I mean, the Joe Madden era didn't end good at all either. Right. Um, but I mean, they thought, they thought maybe he could get the most out of guys like KB and Riz and Javi. Mm -hmm. And, um, as we said, Rizzo's really heating up and he was really starting to heat up before he was traded last two or three weeks. Uh, Bryant and Baez both had terrible Junes, but Bryant was, I think he hit 315 in July with a 550 slugging. Same with Javi. Javi had a great month of July as well. Um, and now their, their roster is about as bad yesterday was the least recognizable Cubs roster since probably 2013. I mean, they're starting guys like Rafael Ortega. Hits three homers yesterday. Yeah. He had six career homers coming into the game, and he hits three yesterday. Um, Robinson Chirinos, who they just picked up. Cheerio? Chirinos. <laughs> I think Cheerio. Cheerio, there you go. Um, <laughs> who they just picked up a few weeks ago, caught yesterday. Sergio Alcantara played short. You're doing um, good on these names. These are some hard names. I don't even remember who played. I didn't even watch it yesterday. I don't know who played second yesterday. Um, they had Patrick Wisdom played. I know that. Um, they're just – It's they have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. They have the Brewers a couple times, have the Cardinals a couple times, Reds a couple times, have the Giants coming into town um, in That'll September. Be That'll be an interesting uh, series with Chris Bryant coming back. They have in Colorado this week, which the Rockies have played really well. Um, at home this year, and Cubs have never played well there. Cubs have never played well True. in Miami, and they play there. Uh, they have the White Sox twice, including this weekend. Yep. So they have the 11th worst record in baseball right now, and I want them to lose as much as possible <laughs> and try to get a top, like, seven yeah. pick. Problem is the top five or six record uh, worst records in baseball are just so bad that I don't it's even think the Cubs catch. can catch yeah. them, even if they lose, even if they yeah. lose out. Um, but they need to get a top. Pick. I mean, if you're going to do this, you might as well lose as much as possible. Now, as far as the returns, uh, the general consensus, consensus in baseball is that the Cubs did really, really well, starting with the uh, Jock Peterson trade. Which was a different tone than I heard from you the other day. Maybe it was just the heat of the moment. It, you weren't it was really heat happy with I wasn't happy with the Craig Kimbrell Okay. Uh, I thought it was the um, return. No, that's right. You did say, yeah. Um, that's that was right. really the only yeah. one that I didn't think they did as well as they could have. Um, but starting with the Jock Peterson trade, they got Bryce Ball, who's kind of a lottery pick sort of hitter who walks a ton, slugs a bunch. He's a first base DH type, and um, those are the kind of uh, players teams are going to need because the DH is very, I mean, it's very real that it's going to be there probably yeah. next year in the National League. Um, Andrew Chafin trade started Monday night. They got Gregory Diekman or Dykeman from uh, the Oakland A's, uh, their AAA. 
Um, he was in AAA, and he was hitting over 300. Um, he's a guy that some evaluators think he can be like an above-average right fielder with his on-base percentage and his ability to make contact. He's made adjustments to uh, increase his contact percentage. Um, he's a guy that can hit 20 to 25 homers. And they also got a lottery pick uh, thrown in with him that this is his first professional season. He's 21 years old, and he's throwing 99 miles an hour now. So those are the kind of guys that uh, help your depth um, in the minor league system. Um, then they had, I think, I forget who was next. I think Rizzo was technically next. Mm-hmm. I thought they did sensationally um, in their return for Anthony Rizzo, a guy who coming off about 150 games now of under uh, performance, below average um, offensive performance from the first base. Um, he's going to be 32 years old next Sunday. He has a chronic bad back where he's missed quite a bit of time here recently. Um, with his uh, with his bad back, and they got a guy in. I'm gonna actually go look up their prospect list. I'm not because these these names are hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Alexander Vizcaino from uh, the New York Yankees, who's a guy who had a really good season in 2019. He's had an arm issue, but he's throwing 96 to 99. He has a plus changeup. Those are the kind of guys they need to build their farm system. Then they got Kelvin Alcantara, who's a six six. Uh, center fielder, they kind of compare him body style-wise to Dexter Fowler. Um, and a lot of those guys... It's a name I forgot about. Uh, yeah, seriously. That Cubs haven't been the same offense mm-hmm. since, really. You go, we go, was, was the mantra for Dex. Uh, but Alcantara, he's, uh, when you see really tall, lanky guys like that, you worry about bat speed because their arms are so long. They say he's really quick to the ball, makes a bunch of contact, and they think he'll be able to stay in center field. Only 19 years old, and he's playing in rookie ball, so he's obviously so far off that uh but it's easy to dream on his sort of talent um and then for uh chris bryant they got alexander canario uh from the san francisco giants ton of power plays right field he struggled with pitch recognition uh, but he's now slots in as the cubs number seven prospect um they also got caleb killian from the giants he's a double a uh, pitcher he slots in as the cubs 16th best prospect He's a righty. He's 6'4", throws about 93 to 95, can hit 97. He's having a great first full pro season. Uh, he's made 15 starts in high A um, and double A. He's made 11 starts in double A, I should say. He's walked uh, just nine batters to 96 strikeouts. He uh, has four average or better pitcher, uh, pitches that he all controls well. So I think he has a really, really high floor and can slot into the rotation probably sometime next year. Um, and then for Javier Baez. They said the – a lot of talent evaluators, anyway, have said that the best return anyone got uh, was for uh, Javier Baez. They got Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, he was the Mets' first-round pick last year, 19th overall. He's a lefty. He was tearing up in single A. He was 10 for 24 with seven walks, um, 563 on base percentage. Only played six games, however, and then he blew out his labrum. And so he had um, – he had shoulder surgery, and he's out for the season. That's a, that's a problem there. They think he has a really good feel for hit. He's a strong runner, uh, has, a, has potential to be a really good defensive center fielder, um, and they're projecting him pretty high. And then as far as the Craig Kimbrell deal, um, I wasn't, as I said, I wasn't overly um, happy with the Craig Kimbrell deal. They got two players off the major league roster, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and, I mean, he'd been the best closer in baseball this year, ERA under .5. He, uh, his strikeouts were way up than, from last year. His walk rate was way down. He wasn't getting hit, hit at all. Um, and they ended up getting Nick Madrigal, who was, I believe, the number four or so overall pick in the 2017 or 18 draft. And uh, Dylan Huer, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, sounds but, good to me. Yep, it <laughs> sounds good to me too. Uh, a uh, reliever who's only 25 years old. Yeah, Nick Madrigal was fourth overall pick in 2018. He's hit everywhere he's been. He uh, has is the hardest guy to strike out in professional baseball, um, only striking out at 7.4% um, in his major league career over 324 plate appearances. Problem is, he doesn't walk. He has less power. I, I saw this... Um, I think it was Keith Law said he had less power than a double-A battery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He'll he'll be a guy that has to hit like 330 to have an on-base percentage that's above average. Um, He's just – 
Asking a lot. He's a below-average defensive player at second base. And in turn, because he's a second baseman only, they're having to shift Nico Horner when he comes back um, to shortstop. And that just decreases his value because he's one of the elite defensive second basemen in the game. He's like second in baseball over the past two years in defensive runs saved. And so now he's playing short where his value is decreased immensely. Uh, Nick Madrigal will be able to hit. I mean, Cubs have talked for years how they need more guys that can make contact, and they went to an absolute extreme with Madrigal. Now, Dylan, here, um, I'm going to actually see how you pronounce his name. He, uh, I don't even know if his name's Dylan. I don't even think his name's Dylan. I can't help you here, Josh. No, no. Sorry. Back yourself in the corner. Cody. Dylan, Cody. Yeah, that's close. Super white name. Um, he, um, I mean, he's the guy that throws hard and has good stuff out of a bullpen. Um, who's Dylan? I was thinking Dylan. Not it's not even Dylan here. I don't know where I got You're Dylan. Thinking from. Damon Heward. I was thinking Damon Heward. Nick and Dylan. Um, Brock Heward. But he's a uh, he's a reliever, and I just thought the uh, package back for Kimbrough was kind of disappointing. Uh, but I mean, talent evaluators think Cubs did very very well for these rental uh, players. You seem to be taking it a lot better than I thought you would. It would have been interesting been a to few do, days. A, do a podcast right. Monday or Friday night. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Um, I was in a rough spot. It's, it was just sad. I listened to uh, Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on Cubs radio on Friday night when I was traveling, and it sounded like a funeral is what it sounded like. like uh, I think Ron asked Pat, what's what's your favorite Javi Baez moment? It almost felt like I was at a funeral. Yeah. Um, well, you're talking about three of the most popular players in franchise history. And they did the impossible, yeah. which was win a World Series. I mean, you look at Rizzo. He was the captain, really, from day one. I mean, they traded for him um, with the San Diego Padres. He really struggled with the Padres in those 40-plus games or whatever he played, and that really helped the Cubs be able to trade for him. He um, struggled in 2013 in his first full season with the Cubs, but then bounced back and was phenomenal, made the All-Star team in 14. In the moment, the culture kind of switched there in Chicago. Uh, they got into a benches clearing incident against the Cincinnati Reds or all this Chapman threw over Nate Sherholt's head twice in the ninth inning. And, um, of course the Cubs weren't happy because we're all just sitting 103 yeah, miles an hour. Um, even, even if he didn't do it intentional, I mean, Still. the dugout's not going to be happy. Sure. Um, and he just brushed it off. Like it was nothing. He just kind of went like that. And somebody was John with Rizzo when he went out to first base and Rizzo threw his hat and glove down and went after the Cincinnati Reds dugout and tried to take on the entire dugout. No one around him. That was the moment that he kind of put the team on his back and said, this is my team now. And really ever since that moment, they were fantastic. Um, up until late 2000, really 18 is when things changed. Um, and then Chris Bryant, obviously coming in, winning minor league player of the year, winning rookie of the year, winning MVP, maybe the most underappreciated Chicago athlete ever. Um, fans, for whatever reason, didn't give him any sort of benefit of the doubt. He had some injuries, um, and it it just sucked that they didn't get the proper send off they deserved. Um, I thought, I mean, Ross knew what was happening, and I'm sure David was told not to play these guys regardless of the situation. Because on the business side, if they pull a hammy uh, or, or I mean, Rizzo, Rizzo hangs over the plate. He yeah, gets, gets hit, hit by pitch. Gets hit on the hand or something. Same, with, same yep. with KB. Yep. He got hit a lot. So it makes sense, but I, I wish they could have like put both of them into the game and then pulled them out. Yep. Give them um, a curtain call. Mid, and, I'm sure, and I'm sure Bryant will get a fantastic ovation uh, next month when he comes back. Uh, but it just sucks the way it's ended. Thought it'd be better, and that's really a failure on the front office and Tom Ricketts. Their merchandise got hurt. Those three moved a lot of merchandise. Those are like the only jerseys you saw on the current team. Yeah. I mean, who who on the current – there would be no one on the current team that you would Wilson. have. Maybe Wilson Contreras. Yeah, he, yeah. No one has a Jason Hayward jersey. Hendricks. Maybe Kyle Hendricks, but he's, he's like Arrieta. the boringest Some old guy. Arrieta's old Arietta. yeah. And you'll, yeah. you'll still still see those. It's just it's a kind of a day of mourning. It's probably the biggest merch loss they've had since Sosa left the Cubs. Yeah, and his you know, and nobody, so poorly. Nobody was there to pick up his merch right. slack. So. Um, I don't want fans to go to games. I want Tom Ricketts to lose as much money as possible. He doesn't deserve um, fans to be in attendance. I mean – this past week, they had a last Sunday. Actually, they had a home game where they only they drew just over thirty two thousand, which is the lowest they've had for a Sunday afternoon. And 
I don't know how long, yeah. 2014, 13, something like that. Um, Send a message. Yeah. And fans will still show up, and um, Tom will still make his money. But I really wish uh, Tom needs to sell the team. It's just point blank. He's not – he's just an absentee owner, as I said. He only cares about lining his pockets, and now the fans in the franchise are uh, the ones hurting. Any other – Trade deadline thoughts, whether it's the Cubs or any um, other teams you thought were winners or losers? I thought, I mean, the Cubs I thought did really, really well, as I said. Um, it sucked to see those guys go. Um, the Dodgers, winners, oh. trading for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. I forgot about that, to um, be honest. Yeah. Good, it's annoying. Good luck, everyone six else. Six good arms. Like, consistently. Yeah. Try, I mean, I'm though they're compensating for Trevor Bauer. I don't know if Trevor right, Bauer will ever right. throw another pitch, right. to be honest. Um, and then Trey Turner. Trey Turner might be the most underrated player in baseball right now. People don't even know who he is, and he's a superstar. He'll slide in there at second base. They got Corey Seager back from injury. Yeah. Mookie Betts is coming Rich back. Rich gets richer. Um, Clayton Kershaw's coming back from injury. All these guys have been yeah, injured. They're going to be tough to um, beat. Now they're the best team in baseball again. Again. Um, I think they'll end up beating the Giants um, to win that division. Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they were buyers. They were buyers. They didn't do a whole lot to change the deal. They need some bullpen arms. They picked up three of them. Uh, one's really good in Michael Givens. Um, it was, I mean, I understand why the front office did it because they wanted to reward, they wanted to reward their players for getting back into the race. I mean, the Reds' uh, playoff odds currently they're sitting uh, nine, uh, seven back behind the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. They're only they're only four behind the the uh, San Diego Padres, but their playoff odds are only 16% right now, according to uh, baseball reference. Um, they didn't give up a whole lot, so it's not that big of a deal that they uh, bought. I could see and they have a fairly favorable schedule. I mean, they have the Cubs a couple times, Pirates a couple times. Um, they also have uh, the Milwaukee Brewers for, it looks like, ooh, they only have... They have actually the Pirates a bunch. They have three series. Three series. No, they have four more series against the Pirates, man. Um, Giving some Red fans some hope. (laughs) Man, they they have the Twins who aren't good. Cleveland who's not good. Cubs aren't good. You're saying if the Brewers start Marlins for four. Tigers. They have the easiest schedule in baseball. They they do have the Dodgers. National. Crap. (laughs) Shouldn't have looked looked at it. Um, (laughs) I still think the Reds aren't good enough to be a playoff team, but their schedule sets up pretty well, especially for one of my losers, the San Diego Padres, who they trade for Adam Frazier, but they thought they They had landed Max Scherzer. Then your division rival gets uh, (laughs) The Dodgers swoop in like they always do. Um, And the Padres, who needed a bullpen arm, they needed a starting pitcher they didn't do anything they were even dangling their starting first baseman eric cosmer they needed to get his salary off the books or they'd go over the luxury tax uh they were like saying if somebody takes on this whole contract we will give them our top one of our top prospects Uh, they couldn't even get that done um phillies are only three and a half back of the mets they didn't do anything they didn't really do anything at all um, the Braves made some moves, and I'm still waiting for them to get hot, but they haven't done it. Time's running out. It's August um, now. Yeah. I mean, the the Blue Jays going out and training for Jose yeah. Barrios was huge. Pitched well yesterday, I believe. Yeah, if I'm the Red Sox, I'm a little nervous. They had a bad weekend. I mean, the Rays have been playing good. All of a sudden, the Yankees are getting hot. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays are playing good. I mean, if I'm the Red Sox, I'm thinking, I know they're going to get some guys back from injury, they so I don't are. know, but they didn't, they didn't make any moves. I mean, they're like Swarber. They got Swarber. Swarber's hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The Red Sox are five and a half games yeah. up for that. Was last just nine card. last week. Um, yeah, they, uh, I mean, they the Yankees with their moves kind of sparked them a little bit. Now they were helped by playing in Miami, absolutely, which helps. But you got to play who you got to play. They play Baltimore and Seattle this week. Um, Seattle is a team I want to talk about as an absolute loser. They're now <laughs> three and a half out with a big L. Good of the wild card until that city brings back the Sonics. I don't want to have any success. They traded their closer, Kendall Graveman. To the team in front of them, the Houston Astros, the players were so mad at the front office, and their uh, general manager Jerry Depoto said, "Well, this is just this is just the beginning. Uh, they won't be mad after they see the kind of moves we're about to make here in the next few days." Mm-hmm. They traded for Diego Castillo. Exactly. Okay. 
He's a bullpen he's guy. Nothing he's nothing to me. He's like a seventh-inning type bullpen guy. Did absolutely nothing. And so Jerry Depoto lost his team. <laughs> they are having the best season they've had in years, and DePoto made a mind-numbingly stupid trade. They're the Cleveland Browns of the MLB. <laughs> they really Without the are. Tradition. Without the tradition. Uh, I mean, has lost. He's lost his team, and they've struggled since that trade. They have the longest drought in professional sports not making playoffs. Do they? And yeah. 2001. All four big leagues. Hmm. Yep. Good job, DePoto. Reasons like that. Yep. Anything else you got? Uh, no, it's going to be a rough, <laughs> rough final few, uh, well, few, there's like eight weeks I, left. I, I did find it interesting that Bryant and Rizzo both grew up fans of the teams they ended up on. Yes, I, I was about to mention that, and I was actually going to list uh, or Which mention that was interesting. Jed Hoyer's comments. Okay, Rizzo um, was at the David Cohn perfect game in 98. So Chris Bryant even said this, that Jed Hoyer really worked – um, and did the best thing for the players. Trying to get them the spot, um, be in contention, and, and, and be in contention. They're all in contention now. With, yeah. um, Rizzo grew up a Yankees fan. His parents are from, or at least his dad is from New Jersey. I know he has family there, so he gets to be close to family. Javi wanted to play for with his buddy Francisco Lindor, his best friend Fra- Frankie Lindor, and um, so he did that for him. Chris Bryant. I believe, as even said, he grew up a San Francisco Giants fan did, yes. in uh, Las Vegas, and now he gets to be closer to home. Yep. Uh, Craig Kimbrell's daughter has a heart issue, and they didn't want to have to move. Oh, that's not – I didn't know um, that. So he did everything he could to trade him to the White Sox. So, I mean, that was nice of Jed Hoyer. Now, Jed Hoyer was on the radio today, and this is what um, he said. David Kaplan asked him about uh, the extension process and when they had contract extension talks with – Baez and Rizzo and Bryant and Jed said, so that is the thing that will probably be my greatest source of frustration from this era. And I don't want to address anyone individually. We said we wouldn't talk about extension talks publicly, and I think it's in bad faith to do it now. However, the only thing I will say is that while frustrating, I put my head on the pillow every night knowing that we put our best foot forward. The extensions we offered these guys will hold up exceptionally well historically. Uh, They'll hold up exceptionally well and against the open market. I don't know why guys didn't want to sign. He said that. Um, I don't know why guys didn't even want to counter offer sometimes. Uh, I don't know because every one of these guys would say they wanted to stay in Chicago. We want to be a Cub. But when we sat down to do negotiations, that wasn't how they acted. And, you know, I see a guy like Lance Lynn who comes to Chicago and signs an extension. He certainly could have gotten more on the open market this winter. But he said, I want to stay here. I want to be a White Sox. That wasn't something that other than Kyle Hendricks, who I admire for really rolling up his sleeves with us, we didn't have that. And so it's a source of incredible frustration for me. But at the same time, it's a source of zero second guessing, a source of zero analysis from my end. What could we have done? Because I look at it, I know what was offered, and I know what the dialogue was. I accept that we put our best foot forward and tried our hardest, but it was not reciprocated. So any hope that those guys can come back is probably just went out the window. Over. Why he'd come out and say that publicly is just asinine. Just stupid. Those are your best players you've had maybe ever. They've done the impossible, and you're just throwing them under the bus like that. and trying. I, I don't know if he was trying to sour them to Cubs fans. And that's not good to potential free agents. Yeah. They're, they're like, I don't want to go play for that guy. Exactly. Why, why would you want to sign uh, with the Chicago Cubs now? Um, it's even been said that Jed Hoyer doesn't know which way the rebuild's going to go yet. Uh, he got probably the best deals he could possibly get, but we won't know until this time and next year. And he kind of proved the, the White Sox right now are in a lot better shape than the Cubs. A lot better shape. He brought that up, too. Um, so. Yeah, a lot better shape. Yeah. Uh, they'll always, they'll still, for some reason, be in the Cubs' shadow. Regardless. Oh, it's the, the Mets could win um, four straight yeah. in the Yankees' shadow. No, it yeah, just is what it is. Same thing, the but. Angels could win. Yeah, a no one will right care. Now and, and, and they'll be in the Dodgers' yeah. shadows, so it is what it is. Yep. What it is. So. So. Well, I'm going to give you a break. You just talked a lot. My throat's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to educate you a little bit. All right, let's Columbus hear it. Day sport events that have happened on August 2nd. Speaking of the White Sox, on this day, 1906, the Chicago White Sox beat the Boston Americans 3-0 to zero to start an AL record 19-game MLB win streak. <laughs> That used to be the AL record. Yeah, remember, it's an AL record here. But. Remember, Oakland did it during the Moneyball era, then the uh, Cleveland Indians did it just a few years I wish years they ago. would you know, go back yeah. and revise their website yeah, a little I don't bit. Blame you. But 
On this day, 1921, after three hours of uh, deliberation, a Chicago jury acquitted eight Chicago White Sox accused in the Black Sox scandal. The next day, they were banned from organized baseball for life. Yeah, that's one of those things. Um, Shoeless Joe Jackson hit great in the World Series, um, and they banned him. He's one of the greatest hitters ever. On this day, 1938, MLB conducted the first test of bright yellow baseballs during the Dodgers-Cubs dub- Dodgers-Cardinals doubleheader. Bright yellow bright baseball. yellow. It's like a tennis ball or you softball. Know, a lot of those uh, pitching machines, you'd see like the yellow Yeah, those, like, balls. those ones with holes yeah, in with it. The holes with the mm-hmm. dimples. I wonder if they looked like that without the dimples. Um... On this day, 1959, who won the PGA Championship? 1959? I'll give you 500 guesses. Oh. Ben Sorensen. You got the B right. Bob Rosberg or Roseberg won by one stroke from uh, Jerry Barber and Doug Sanders. Rosberg. Minneapolis Golf Course. On this day, 1959 as well, future Hall of Famer first baseman Willie McCovey hit his first of what would be 521 MLB home runs in San Francisco in the Giants' 500 or 5-3 win against the Pirates. (laughs) The McCovey Cove, as they now call it, that Barry Bonds has made famous. Yes, on this day, 1961, the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL beat the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL 36-7 in an exhibition game in Toronto, Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> On this day, 1967, New Orleans Saints played, I'm assuming it's their first ever preseason game, but it says first ever preseason game in a loss to the Los Angeles Rams 16-7 at Anaheim Stadium. Hmm. On this day, 1973, future Baseball Hall of Fame third baseman George Brett got his first MLB hit in his debut for the Kansas City, Ro- White- Kansas City Royals in a 3-1 win against the Chicago White Sox. Reading too fast. I keep reading things in front of the words. Um, on this day, 1982, Oakland A's uh, outfielder Ricky Henderson stole his 100th MLB base of the season in a 6-5 win versus the Seattle Mariners. He was the first player to steal 100 twice in the modern era. He was he was fast. He was good at stealing mm-hmm. bases. Good at getting on base, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. On this day, 1987, Cincinnati outfielder Eric Davis is the He's seventh good. player to hit 30 home runs and steal 30 bases in one season as he homered in the Reds' 5-4 to four win against the Giants. Yeah, he... Um... He was really good. No one even remembers him back in the day. On this day, 1990, Yankees rookie first baseman Kevin Moss, Mace, M-A-S, Moss, I think, uh-huh. hits his 10th home run, MLB home run, in 6-5 to five loss against the Tigers. Fastest to reach that mark in just 77 at-bats. Wow. On this day, 1992, Tom Seaver, Raleigh Fingers, Hal uh, Newhauser, and Bill McGowan were inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. On this day, 1993, Maryland investors led by Baltimore attorney Peter Angelos mm-hmm. bought the Baltimore Orioles at auction in New York for $173 million, nearly $50 million more than ever paid for a baseball team at the time. Wow. On this day, 1996, the star-studded United States men's basketball team, dubbed the Dream Team 3, beat Yugoslavia 95-69 to to win the gold medal at the, Olympics, at the Atlanta Olympics. The Baltimore Orioles, you said he bought that for how much? 175 Yeah, 173 Are now worth $1.43 billion. Yeah, That's what I was thinking in my head today. I'm like, almost every sports franchise is worth billions of dollars yeah, now. Every, even the Baltimore Orioles. They're awful. Yeah, terrible. They've been uh, worth $1 billion since 2016. On this day in 2009, Michael Phelps ended the World Swimming Championships in Rome with his fifth gold medal as part of the U.S. 4x100-meter medley relay team that recorded the 43rd world record of the controversial meet. On this day in 2009, the senior U.S. Senior Golf Open was played at Crooked Stick Golf Course down in southern Indiana. Fred Funk won by six strokes over Joey Sindelar. You were played there? No. No. Our good buddy Andrew Eiler has he won his college tournament there. Really? So does his wife. They both won college tournaments. You there. know, we had them on the show, and I think I remember them talking about it. Yep. On this day in 2012. About Mer- this time last year we had them on the yeah, show. Yeah, power, power, power went out. Power went out, yeah. 
during the storm. On this day, 2012, American swimmer Michael Phelps won uh, his third consecutive gold medal in the 200-meter individual medley in one minute, 54.27 seconds at the London Olympics. Right. And that's going to do it for today's On This Day. That was a good list. Which is brought to you by, like it is every week, Proforma Print House. <laughs> if you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print House, over 50 years combined experience in pros or products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving them a call at 574-210-3815. The NBA draft was held. Uh, Didn't watch a second. I None. watched until well. about pick number 38. <laughs> <laughs> Figured you might be yep. tuned in for that. Um, I tuned in for that. Um, Alina Iodesumu fell to the second round. Couldn't believe he fell to the second round. I know a lot of people were kind of shocked he fell to the second round. Thought he'd be somewhere in that 20 to 30 range. Big 10 players just don't get drafted. Um, they high. don't. It's crazy. But unless you have, The NBA looks for elite traits. Uh, length, height, ability to shoot, athleticism. Um, Io does so many things very well, but he doesn't have that one elite trait. However, I think he'll be a guy 10 years from now. You're like, how's that guy still in the league? Yep. Uh, he, he's just a smart player, clutch. He has a six foot ten wingspan, um, so it was really cool. He was drafted by the Chicago Bulls, um, his hometown team, who in turn today have uh, traded for Lonzo Ball. Yeah, eighty five million dollars. Yep, four year deal. They sent um, Tomas Sadoransky, Sadoransky, Ransky, Garrett Temple, and a second round pick to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball, who's signing a four year, eighty five million dollar contract. I mean, a sign and trade with the Bulls. Um, so it'll be it's an interesting fit there in Chicago. You have Zach Levine, you have Kobe White, now Io Desumu, um in the fold. Uh, Lonzo's a guy who's I mean NBA contracts are so oh. insane. Some, <laughs> Some of the guys getting money today in free agency is like wow. It is ridiculous. I mean Lonzo, he's he's like a solid player. His brother's better. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't think I would have said that a yep. couple years ago. Alonzo uh, averaged 14 points a game, 4.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists. Uh, shot 38% from three. Um, he's making $85 million. I'm just glad. I knew the Pacers were interested. I'm glad that didn't happen. Listen to this. Duncan Robinson, you know, old uh, Michigan yeah, basketball player. Played for Heat. Five years. $90 million. Back in Miami? In Miami. Yep. <sighs> 90 could. So, five years ago when we're watching Michigan play and Duncan Robinson's coming off the bench uh, as a senior, <laughs> I think he came, came off the bench as a senior. I would have told you he's playing in Europe. Yeah, and I thought he could have a long career in Europe. Yeah. But he just made $90 million, signed a $90 million contract. Blows my mind every um, year. The deal is the largest ever for an undrafted player. <laughs> five years, 90 million. Duncan Robinson. Great shooter. Elite shooter. That's what the NBA is looking for is elite And traits. I just said the NBA doesn't think a lot of Big Ten guys, and you got to undraft the Big Ten yep. guy right there making, making $90 million. Yep. But I look at some of the guys drafted, and I'm like, Kofi Coburn would have went over those guys. You would think. but I you would, would think. You would also think Io DeSumo should have gone over that guy. And I wouldn't think that the Nebraska dude Delano drafted. At all. He was terrible. And Garza, who was a heck of a college mm-hmm. player, goes 58th. Yeah, I, I always thought Wieskamp was their best prospect, yeah, yep. and he went 41st, I yep. believe. Yep. Um, the 2022 mock drafts have come out, and about every single one of them I've seen as a Jaden Ivey in the top 10. I saw him uh, one the other day that was neat, 12th to the Grizzlies, which would be cool because of his connection with his mom previously being an assistant there. Oh, he and cool. Ja Moran are really good friends. That'd be pretty cool. neat. But uh, I hope he's up there because that means Purdue probably had a pretty good season because he had a good season. Yep. So. Um, yeah. So that's interesting, but yeah, NBA free agency is usually it's it's, it's usually wild. fun. It's probably the most fun free agency because it happens the first day. First day, everyone like signs. Except we're talking about you know the MLB trade deadline, and everything. And Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers. Yep, gets traded to the Lakers. Another super team. That's why I can't yep. get in the NBA. That right there. Yep. The super teams. That's there's, there's that's why it was so satisfying watching the Bucks right. win the NBA championship. All these homegrown players. Uh, Giannis decided to stay in Milwaukee. Yep. Small market. Didn't have to team up with anyone else. Yep. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> he, uh, he won one. I got a question for you about mm-hmm. the Greek Freak. If he and Durant were to retire right now. I saw this on Facebook. Whose legacy do you take over the others? I like Giannis more. I do too, absolutely. But I still think you take Durant's legacy. Probably He's played more years, Durant. so it's kind of no fair. But it's probably pretty close. Though. Probably Durant. 
Um, but I mean, Giannis is younger. Yes. Quite a. I mean, it's twenty six. A bunch younger, probably mm-hmm. five or six years younger. Um, I think we asked this question three or four years. We'll probably say Giannis. You're probably right. But right now, it's probably Durant. Yeah. I mean, he had the. Did he blow out his Achilles a couple yeah. years ago? He sat some last injury. year before he played on the yeah. on the Nets. Or he did in the finals for um, the for the Warriors. But yeah. Um, Chris Paul turned down a forty-four million dollar player yeah. option. However, he signed a four-year deal that could be worth as much as one hundred twenty million with the Suns. With the Suns, at least he signed back there. Um, so he turned down forty-four for this year for one hundred twenty over the next four. Um, one hundred twenty divided by four is a lot of money. I don't want to do the math. Don't put me on the spot with that. One hundred twenty divided by four is thirty. So thirty mil. Yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, um, but Kyle Lowry to the Heat. To the Heat, the, yes, yeah. to the Miami Heat. Um, uh, Three-year deal worth ninety million. Kawhi Leonard got is getting out of his thirty-six million dollars to restructure his contract. Kelly Olynyk's making what? Thirty-seven over three years with the Pistons. Uh, Tim Hardaway, I told you, he's making seventy-four Ugh. with the Mavericks. Man, that must be nice. Yeah, if you can make a good living as a bench role player in the yeah. in the in the NBA. I mean, the epitome of bench role player um, is Brian Scalabrini. I think we would both. <laughs> Both both admit like he, to man. he was like the like epitome yeah. of bench player. He averaged three points a game, played in the league for eleven seasons. Like last guy off the bench made twenty million in his career. Probably make more now. Yeah. Last year was two thousand twelve. Yep. Um it is funny, I've seen YouTube videos because people are like, Mike I can beat him. seventy four and a half mil. Yeah, the old man. He's getting old. Have you seen the YouTube videos uh like guys say that I can beat Brian Scott. And then he shows, uh, yep. and he shows up and like whoops, shuts them out. Whoops, twelve nothing. Like no, yeah, it shows you how good you're, those guys you're, are. You're a good basketball player. You're not no. near what <laughs> near what I am. And he's so, this like you see the same thing with golfers sometimes. Redhead. Oh, I can beat this guy because he doesn't play on he's two terrible, all the time. Yeah, goes up and still whoops you. Because, Kills you because their their weakness is still better than your strength. Absolutely, they just dominate. That's you. why they get paid to do what they do. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a hand-crafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantle, focused on freshness and quality. Um, the Damn smokes here every single weekend and features barbecue and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of debates, best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a hand-crafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mantle on their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether we boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. And this episode is also brought to you by Circle 15 Golf. Circle 15 Golf is a brand focused on bringing tour quality products and experience to the everyday golfer like the J-Man and yes, myself. Sir. It's built on 25 years of tour experience featuring <laughs> the Genesis Glove, the most durable and comfortable glove available, and the patented Glove Hub, the first and only glove humidor on the market. Find those products and more along with hats, ball markers, divot repair tools, whatever you'd like at circle15golf.com. The Hall of Fame game is Thursday. Yep. This past weekend was the last weekend without football till After the Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't um, worry. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys play the Pittsburgh Steelers. This will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. The Pittsburgh Steelers will win that game. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they got better reserves? I don't know. They're more deep? Uh, they, they had a better undrafted free agent class. You like uh, Tomlin more than... Um, McCarthy? I like the Steelers more than the Cowboys, uh, I guess. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Can't imagine Dax playing, is he? His leg was bad. Nah, he won't dead. play. Uh, Might not play at all. In pre- he should in, play. In the Hall of Fame game, the third stringers really play. It's so boring. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I watch for about, just to say, I watched it down a football. It's going to be a fun Hall of Fame ceremony, though, with Class of 2020 and Class yeah. of 2021. Big 20, names. 20 doing, like, Saturday, or yep. f- and then yep. 2021's doing Sunday. Yep. And of course, Peyton Manning's um, heading to 2021 class, so he's been on a lot of different podcasts and doing a lot of different interviews lately. So, um, J-Man's Book Bridge of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Um, he's going to do a contest very soon, this week actually. And it's he's posting tomorrow. Just downloading his app. He has an insurance-related app for iPhone and Android users. Um, he's asking everybody to download it, whether they're a client or not. All downloads will equal a submission. Uh, we'll draw the winner live on our show August 30th. August 30th, which is going to be our 250th show. This is our 246th and our 
250th, and it's going to be our annual college football mm-hmm. preview show. He's still deciding what he wants to give the winner, but yeah. I'm sure it'll be a great So prize. you're going to have to put up with Travis Tockett's Irish football, but Josh uh-huh. and I will be here to put him in his place. But uh, we're looking forward to having him up live in studio on the show, and that's when he will draw the winner of this contest. So go download the app. It's all you got to do, and you're entered in. Gary Trent Jr. just signed a three-year, $54 million deal with the Raptors. Who? Is Gary Trent Jr.? I don't know. <laughs> I think he played at Duke, and he's with Portland. That sounds right to me. Yeah. All right, hit me with that uh, word association. Word association. Well, play. I told you a few weeks ago, Josh, my word associations from now on leading up to college football season were going to be conferences. Mm-hmm. So I kept it going today. Rumor today, or one source said that the Florida State Seminoles and the Clemson Tigers are looking to try to get out of the ACC to go to the SEC. If that happens, the ACC's got to crumble as well, like the Big 12. So, since we're talking about the ACC, that's the conference I'm giving you. All righty. Going alphabetical order. Boston College. Forgettable. You don't even think about Boston College being in the ACC. I think of Matt Ryan and Doug Flutie. That's it. That's about it. Yep. And um, Matthias Kiwanuka. Luke Keekley. Yeah, Keekley was there. Clemson Tigers. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He, um, Pretty good. Yeah, they've turned into this. Unbelievable program. They were always always a program when we were growing up. I felt like they were good, but could never get over the hump. So I never took them real serious. Yep. Now they're always top twenty five. But now they want one championship. Now they're dynasty. Florida State. They're leaving, as you said. Um, (laughs) Well, trying to. (laughs) Yeah, trying to. Uh, Jameis Crabley. Yeah. I I mean, I know they won a title in two thousand fourteen, but I put them up there with Texas and Michigan. Yeah. They thought they're. They think they're better right think now. They're than better they are. than they are. They're terrible right Louisville. now. Louisville, Lamar Jackson. Uh, the yeah. players are the first thing that's popping yeah, sure. in my mind. Yep. Um, he was a good one. Yeah, he was fun. Heck of a Heisman season. Bridgewater is another one. Uh, North Carolina State. NC State. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Whole pack of Badgers. I forget he even played there because he was so good. Yeah. You think of him. This as is division that. by division. I'm sorry. This is the Atlantic division. The other division is coastal. And the Atlantic division last year, and I'm counting this team in the ACC because they play in football five ACC teams a year with their new deal. Notre Dame. Um, Overrated. I mean, they haven't won anything in 30-plus years. 88 now. was their last championship. They have made the years. playoff twice and the they championship game itself once. They are in the same stratosphere as Alabama or Clemson. Maybe even Georgia. It'll be interesting to see how they are this year. I think it might come down to quarterback play. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Probably the guy that transferred from Wisconsin, uh, Jack Cohn. Probably, <laughs> probably, which probably be their quarterback. I don't know who they got behind him. Syracuse. Oh man, Dino Babers. Is he still he's not yeah, there. Is yes, he, he still is. There? Somehow he survived. I don't man. know how. He was great at Eastern Illinois. Donovan McNabb was pretty good there. Yeah. Greg Paulus was not. Dwight Franey, wasn't he a yep. Syracuse guy? Yep. Wake Forest. Uh Dave Clawson. Is he still their head coach? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Remember they made the BCS that one year? Yeah, they were really good, like out of nowhere. Yeah. And they haven't been good since. Duke. Basketball school, always uh, playing, I mean, playing football. Although, um, who's there? Uh, David Cutcliffe's done Cutcliffe, a pretty good job, yeah. but he's one that's also is like he's still there. Yeah, I thought he'd be retired by now. Cut, yeah, it's yeah, he's done a great job at a basketball school though. I'll give him that. Georgia Institute of Technology, Georgia, uh, Tech. Georgia Tech. When they, uh, man, Josh Pastner for basketball. All right, yeah. <laughs> that's all I could think. Paul of. Johnson with the option, but now he's not there anymore. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, Demarius Calvin Thomas. Johnson, Demarius Thomas. They had some good teams. The U, your boys. The U. Oh man, um, man, Sean Taylor. <laughs> yeah, he was a good one. Yep. He was a he was a legend. He could have listed up. We could be here all hour listing. Yeah, on one team. University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Mac Brown, man. Yeah. He's a character. He's a good coach. Yeah. They got uh, maybe the best quarterback in college football, Sam Howell. He's up there, at least. Yep. University of Pittsburgh. Tyler Palco, I think his name was, dropping an dropping F-bomb. Dropping bomb after they beat Notre Dame. Beat Notre Dame. That was glorious. Uh, University of Virginia. Virginia. Tony Bennett. Uh, <laughs> Mamadou Diakate, or whatever his name is. Oh, screw you. <laughs> that's for that. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. How about the Barber twins, Tiki and Rondé? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And Virginia Tech. One of them didn't go to Virginia, did they? I thought they both went to Virginia. I thought one went to – I was thinking the Sharpers, maybe. I don't know. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Oh, man. Um, 
Michael Vick. I was, yeah. <laughs> Michael Vick or Frank Beamer. I mean, <laughs> Beamer ball. Yeah, Beamer ball. How's it going? Uh, real quick, we only have two minutes left. Uh, Kevin Durant became. Let me do the word association read really right. fast. Um, the word association segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee, attorney at law. Rhett Lee and the law office of Andrew Aki, LLC, are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices, practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, give him a call today to schedule a free consultation at 574 722 Two 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 one. Kevin Durant's now the Olympic career or the USA men's basketball history leader in points with 354. Who did he pass? Oh, I've been trying to think of guys who played on a lot of Olympic teams. Oh, this guy. I'm going to take a stab. I'm probably wrong. Tim Duncan. No, good guess, though. Mm. Carmelo Anthony. Ah, didn't even come to my mind. Who, who's one. rumored to maybe be a Laker? God, he was still playing. He actually had a decent season for Portland <laughs> Did last he? year. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show. We'll be back at it next Monday with another episode. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you later.